When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host Tom Bilyeu and I am here with my lovely wife, Lisa Bilyeu. Hello up, baby. How are we doing? Good, how are you? I'm ready to rock this place. Wow, alright. Do you want to give t- context for today's episode? Sure. So we did a video about me when I was trying to propose to you and your dad was dodging me. Finally did ask for his blessing and he told me no. And so we made a video about that whole story about um, that journey of many years, quite frankly, to um, really overcoming the doubt that he had in me um, and, you know, our, our story having a, a happily ever after ending as much as that happens. It takes daily work to be in a relationship, <laughs> but um, it's really a really, really cool story going from your father not seeing how I'm going to provide for you because I'm broke and out of work. Um, to building a billion dollar company and generating financial you know, wealth in our lives and just how moved he was by that and um, what an extraordinary influence he's been in my life and that both the doubt and the, um, you know, the business advice he gave me have both served me incredibly well. So um, we did that video. It was very popular, got millions of views, and also generated some questions. Yes. And so we're going to be diving into those questions today. Yeah, and the video was fun. It t- I spent like all weekend, one weekend when you were away on a trip, and I started watching our like... Pulling all the B-roll. Pulling all the B-roll, and it was so weird and really emotional. I mm. think I texted you like four times, like I'm really getting emotional right now, yeah. watching the old videos of us. Um, I think it's because it was very... It's tangible to, not even tangible, it's not the right word, but to see our growth, because a photo is very different, right? You see the visuals, oh, right. hey, I'm a little more wrinklier now, and like I have to dye my hair a bit more, hide the greys. <clears throat> but from uh, seeing how we interact with each other on those old videos, me calling, you calling me sweetie pie, which you never call me anymore, like there's little things in there that show we're not quite who we are today right. and bonded. And it, so I was getting emotional because I was really feeling the growth and everything we've been through was almost flashing before my eyes in those videos. It was so freaking right. cool. But anyway, if you guys want to go check out the video on Tom's Facebook page, it's got our wedding photos. It's got some cool stuff, some videos and stuff mm. like that. And you tell the story. Yes. And now going to the questions that were asked on that video. And um, we pulled some because we thought it'd actually be really fun to answer them. And I haven't read them either. So Let's do this. All right. This question is from Dominic Posilico. Hey, Tom Bilyeu, love this story, but how is your relationship with him now? Also, did Lisa not care about what her father thought and would stand by you no matter what the financial situation was? This is such a difficult scenario because I'm sure you want to just shove your success in his face. <laughs> that's, that's a really great question. Um, so my relationship with him now is extraordinary. And I would say even back then, he intimidated me back then, I won't lie, but like, I so admired what he had accomplished um, and, and flashing forward a few years into the relationship because, all right, so let, 
year one, he intimidated me and I didn't feel that he gave me the time of day, so I didn't get the warm fuzzies from your dad in the beginning, if I'm completely honest. Your dad was always very kind to me. Um, even when he was saying like, I don't want you to marry my daughter, he wasn't like, look asshole, get the fuck out of here. He was just like, you know, how do you plan to take care of my daughter? You know, he didn't, uh, he didn't see it. He didn't think that it was a good idea. I was American. I was going to take you away. There was a lot for him not to like. And one thing I want to be really clear about, it's not like I was a diamond and he just couldn't see it. I, at the time, like I wasn't who I am now. So I think your dad accurately identified that I was a potential problem. And so I don't have any beef with him and didn't even back then. Like I, while I was intimidated by him, um, I didn't think, oh, what a jerk. Like there was never like a dark feeling for me at all. Um, like I said, he's always been very lovely to me. Um, he, he either ignored me or was nice. He was never like mean or rough. He just was like, you guys shouldn't get married, don't get married, like, you know, date, but don't get married. And so I, I have very, very warm feelings for him now because I've seen his advice play out and be real. And my, my sadness is that I didn't listen to him in the beginning. His specific advice for business. Yeah. And I thought he just doesn't understand, like I'm in a different position. It's like, I get it, that worked for him, but it's all the stupid things that young people say because they are utterly convinced nobody understands them. When in reality, it's like the people ahead of them have already done it, they've been through that. And so you can look for reasons to not listen to somebody, which is what I did back then because he met me when I had a fixed mindset. And as I developed a growth mindset, thankfully, his words were still ringing in my head. Mm -hmm. And the biggest piece of advice he ever gave me was always know more about anything he was talking specifically about you going to a business meeting or whatever. Know more about that thing than anyone else. And so I've extrapolated that to my entire life. So if people want to know why my interview style is the way that it is, it's an echo of him saying know more about it than that person. So I was determined to come into an interview knowing more about that person than their own mother. So, and that's obviously paid huge dividends. So as I proved, because what I told him when he said, how do you plan to take care of my daughter? Which was like his silver bullet question because um, I was broke and it's hard to explain. I sort of had a job, but sort of didn't. And so he's looking at me broke, more or less out of work. And he just said, how, like, he had accomplished so and much in his life. And we were living at life. my mum's. So. Right. I mean, look, it was just, it was, it was the typical you had early 20s debt. shit. It was like, I was in debt. I didn't really have a job. What job I did have was not exactly exceptional. I was broke. We were living in your mom's house in a small bedroom, it was yeah, like on and on the horrifying story goes. And he had a growth mindset. So of course it's easy to see that I have a fixed mindset. So even in that, he's thinking, good Lord, like this kid is never going to amount to anything. And I really understand that. But my answer to him was, I know what you see is a broke, dumb kid, but I'm the most ambitious person you've ever met. And I felt so powerful in saying that. But the truth is what he knew that I had yet to identify was I didn't have drive. So I had dreams, AKA ambition, but I didn't have the drive to make them real. And so part of the reason my relationship with him now is so good is A, I developed the drive so he could see, whoa, this guy's really doing the things you would need to do to become extraordinary. And then two, in realizing that I didn't have the drive, I realized he was right, that he had identified something in me. 
And then also, honestly, like, you get what you focus on. And what I focused on was he gave me the gift of doubt. And because he doubted me, it gave me something to overcome. It gave me something to prove to him, but it, it isn't in an ugly way. And I really want people to understand that. I don't want to shove my success in your dad's face. I want to thank him for everything he did to help me become successful. Like he has been, in fact, people often ask me if I had mentors and I've never thought of your dad as a mentor because unfortunately with the distance, I just didn't see him much at all. And your dad doesn't quite mentor like that. Mm. You know what I mean? I do. People won't quite understand that. But he would pop off with like this incredible advice every now and then. And looking at his life, his life is one of the most extraordinary examples of hard work I've ever seen, ever. And loyalty. Like your dad taught me a lot about being a man. So I'm grateful. But the one thing also, kind of going back to I think that most people can relate to is you weren't ever bitter with my dad to, to me. Like you were never like, I can't believe your dad didn't believe in me. Um, and I think that that made it easier for me to, um, I didn't get defensive when my dad said, you know, no to you. Um, and you, like you weren't saying he's mean, he's cruel, you're like, I get it. You're like he's come from this world. And so you were being so understanding about almost like why my dad had said it. And so that really helped me go through it um, and not, you know, get upset. Although that's a bit of a lie. I think I actually did get upset. Yeah, very upset. Um, well, so here's the, what I got upset about. I don't know if you remember, but he, we were about to put money down for our, um, um, our reception. And my dad was paying for it because it's Greek tradition that the father pays for it. And my dad was going to pay for it. And I said, oh, dad, we need, need to put down the deposit. And I think that that's the moment that it became real for him. And he was just like, well, he said basically in pretty much these words, like, I don't want to lose the deposit. Right. Thinking that we would break up before we even got to the altar, which is funny. Um, and I remember I got so upset and I um, called you because you were still living in America at that point. And I called you and I said, I, I, forget it. I just want to like it's, it's run away and do one of those. like elope. Not, uh, Yeah, like elope. More because I just don't want to have to deal with the, the fuss of um, people being at my wedding that don't want to be there. And I didn't want my dad to, you know, kind of ruin it for me. And you were the one that called me took me off the ledge and you're like babe that's not what you want since I've met you you've wanted this beautiful big Greek wedding and I know that right now it's your emotions talking and that was so um wonderful of you to do because it wasn't like your life was easy with the big Greek wedding that we were planning and dealing with you know um my dad not necessarily being excited about our marriage but it was so sweet that was one of those moments where like you really put me first um and you yeah, you really helped me realize that that would have been a mistake. And looking back now, it would have been a huge mistake. I loved our wedding. Um, but yeah, for me, like I, I, because you weren't angry towards my dad, it didn't put negative feelings in me about him. Um, and then for me, when, if my dad said, if, if he had turned around and said, don't marry him, because um, he never said it directly to me. It was always like through you or hinting about not putting down the deposit. I... I'm the type of person that I would have been very respectful to him because he's still my father. I love him. He just wants what's best for me, right? He's not doing so that he can make my life miserable. Aha, I know that you're in love and I don't want that. Like he genuinely wanted what was best for me. And so understanding that 
having the utmost respect for him in my entire life, the way that him and my mom handled their divorce. I mean, everything. I've had so much respect for my dad that I never want that to go. So it was important that I showed him the respect. But also I knew that no one tells me how to live my life. And sure, this may fail. This relationship with this American guy, um, it may crumble. I can't guarantee that. I don't know the future. But I don't ever want to resent my dad for not allowing me to try. Um, and that for me was very important. So that's how I handled it. Show my dad the respect, let him know that I love him, let him know that he'll always be a part of my life, um, but also let him know that this is a decision I'm going to make. And I love Tom and I love, you know, I love you and um, I really want his support and I wish that he can really hopefully give me this, that support. Um, but that's, so that's how I handled it. Truth. So. All right, next question. This is from Kevin McGall. Um, don't you feel that it was a bit materialistic of her father to tell you that his daughter had gotten used to the lifestyle he provided for her? That part really stood out to me. You want me to take that? Well, yeah, because he said it to you, so it's... Um, yeah. I think that people do not understand where your dad came from. Like, he came from a tiny village. Most people don't even know what a village is. So coming from a tiny village in the mountains of Cyprus, an island I had never even heard of before you and I met, and made his way to one of the biggest, most important cities in the world, running one of the largest shipping companies in the world. Like the extraordinary chasm that he crossed as a human being is, is really, really remarkable. And part of that is being able to provide for and care for the ones that you love. So it, he is not a money-grubbing guy. Yeah, he's In fact, not talking he about like, diamonds and stuff he, like that. Your dad really. is about as far from money-grubbing, materialistic person as you're going to get. He's about security, safety, um, love, and being able to provide. Like He's the classic provider. Mm. He provided not just for his kids, but he provided for his entire family. And money is powerful. And I, I, I am so sad that money has become this maligned thing in today's society. Mm. Money at any cost is disgusting. Mm. But money in service of other people and helping people and creating jobs and like, I really want people to, to reframe money and get a positive view of it because it can bring so much. Creates jobs, I won't derail on that because this is relationship theory, but if this were AMA, I'd be going on a tirade right now about people's dysfunctional relationship to their concept of money. Um, and your dad really sees it as something beautiful to help the people that he cares about. And so I get it. Like he didn't want to see you struggle. Like he'd work so hard to be able to provide for you and I was just going to make you poor. <laughs> and I get it. So no, he, he just isn't materialistic. I remember when um, we were quite poor and we just got married and we were in LA. And do you remember we had a landline? And back then, the landline, I don't know, 30, 40 bucks a month or whatever. And that was a lot for us. It was like, we can't spend 30 to 40. Because it's not like I just went out to my dad and was like, hey, dad, provide for our lifestyle in LA, right? It was right. like, we're going to make it on our own. Um, but I didn't want my dad to worry. So I always kind of downplayed like how much money you were earning initially and stuff like that. I never lied, but I downplayed it. And so the 30 to $40 on our landline, I remember going like, babe, this is so freaking expensive. You're like, why are we wasting money? And so I said to my dad, I'm cutting the landline. And he almost had a heart attack because yeah. he's old school. So he was like, you, you know, what if something happens to the towers and your, your phone goes dead, like your, or your cell phone goes dead? Right. 
Um, the how towers I, mean the, the towers twin towers. Yeah. Well, no, sorry. The I mean, um, oh, the cell, cell phone towers. towers. I see, I see, I see. And so he was like, I need to, because he's very old school, like landline to him was security. And I didn't want to tell him that I, we couldn't really afford the $40 because I knew he'd have a heart attack. Mm. Like basically he would start to see you in the light that we would fear, right? right? Yeah. Like, look, see, he can't even support my daughter by right. providing a landline so that her father can call her. Right? That's that, I'm sure right. how he would think of it. And so I just remember, I was like, fuck, let's just suck it up. Like we have to then just take the $40 out of our personal spending money and put it towards it because... Um, I didn't want him to worry, but that's the kind of thing that how, yeah, like I didn't want him to see you in a bad light, but at the end of the day, like I'm not going to make silly mistakes to try and make someone see me in a good right. light. I remember being mortified when you made us keep the landline. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I have a landline and an expense just so that her father can call. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and not just call. He could still have reached you. He would have just had to call your cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Having grown up, I almost, I'd experienced both lifestyles. So I grew up never really wanting for food. I mean, you know, mm. we had candy and so I, I didn't live, you know, a, a difficult life like that at all. We had tutors on the weekends. We went to Greek school. So like we definitely had enough money to do things like that. Very comfortable. Um, and then when the summer came along, my dad would take us to Cyprus and we would spend three to six weeks in the village. And this is the point where like, just like you were saying, there were hole in the floor as toilets. Like that was the life that my dad grew up on. That was what it was like when we were kids and we would go to the village. So I got to see firsthand how my dad grew up. I got to see the hardships. I got to see the old people walking donkeys around. I mean, when my dad was born, my grandfather had to send the donkey to get the doctor to bring the doctor back with the donkey donkey to the village to then help my dad when he was first mm -hmm. born um, so I got to see both worlds. so I never really took um, the 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 pleasures of television and food and stuff for granted because I always got to see that and when so when we got together it never I didn't care like it never crossed my mind of like oh he doesn't have money is this going to be a difficult thing for you like to me like you said money is very powerful but that wasn't a be all and end all um, on whether I'd be in a relationship with you. Now, in saying that, I don't know if now that I'm older, if I would, if something happened to you, I don't know how I would feel about, like, would I look at the job that they do? I don't think I would look at their money, but I think I would look at their mindset. And the one thing I was very much driven to you was your drive, um, your vision, at least, and your dream. Um, and so I think I would still really focus on that because that to me is very important, having someone that, is, has, that has a vision of what their future is and working towards it. Mm. Um, but yeah, for me, like the money thing was never an issue. I didn't care. It wasn't um, something that I ever focused on. And I remember actually when you asked me the first time, like how much pocket money my dad gave me, I was so horrified that you asked me. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, Yes. Yeah, you were always very weird about because I was when we up. first met. You right, but again, that was for my dad because my dad was like, don't talk about money because it can make people uncomfortable right. and you don't want people to feel badly about themselves. Um, you know, so don't say it. That way no one can feel badly about themselves. Right. So when you asked me, I didn't want to tell you how much pocket money I got. And he still gives me pocket money, by the way. I just hide it from you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Um, all right, so next question. This comes from at Second Nature Fitness. 
Very awesome, very motivational. I just want to know what his response was as he started to cry. Did he realize that he was part of the driving force of your success? It's a good question. I don't think so. And I think that his reaction to, because we sent him the video before we released it to make sure that he was comfortable with it. And he, he was moved by it. Mm. And so I think that may have been the first time he really realized that one, he knows that I took his advice because I actually apologized to him for not taking his advice immediately, um, which was important to me. I don't know how meaningful it was to him, but that was important was to me to get meaningful. off my chest. Um, and then, yeah, he seemed very touched by the video um, and, you know, obviously was very moved by our success and how well we've done and how happy you are. And I think if you really pinned him down and said, what's more meaningful to you, the financial success or the level of happiness, I, he wouldn't hesitate. It's like, as long as I make you happy, mm. like he's game. Um, I think a lot of people do have issues with their in-laws. Like I don't, I don't think I've met anyone that has been had perfect relationships. Um, and I just think from my perspective is you always need to approach it with absolute respect for who they are that they've gone through a life and they've had to bring up this child right like looking at your parents it's um your mom it was very difficult for her when we got married um emotionally i think because she was so close to you and you were kind of at the time um really like the main man in her life and i think that us getting married i it hurt me at first when I saw that she was a little distraught like the day before the wedding um, because it's hard to not think it's all about you. And I remember at the time thinking, okay, this is one of those moments where I need to give her the respect that she deserves. Look at the life that she's led. Look at how her life has, you know, her, her life. And then the relationship that she has with you. Um, and it, I realized that it wasn't about me. I realized that it was about how she was feeling with her relationship towards you, right? And I think that it's very important to try and be empathetic and put yourself in that person's shoes, just like you had done with my dad. It's like he'd built this life and here you come, this American that he doesn't, he can't relate to in any way, shape or form. And you're potentially taking me away, quote unquote. Um, and I think that that's really allowed both of us to never, like we never for memory at least, correct me if I'm wrong, we, me and you never got into an argument about our parents. I don't think so. And I think that that's where sometimes couples do, right? Like, I think if you were like, I can't believe your freaking dad, I can't believe he said no, who does he think he is, you know, looking down on me like I'm... Right? You could have done all of that. You could have got emotional, you could have flipped. And I think that I would have... In that moment, I don't know for sure, but I think in, if you were starting to insult my dad, I would have gone very much protective of him. I would have... Yeah, that would have been the fastest way for me to end our relationship in the beginning for sure. Yeah. But I think that that's what happens with couples is that one person has difficulty with the other person's family and then they go on the defense and then those two start arguing. Mm. <clears throat> and I remember even thinking, like, there is no way... Any exterior noise from other people's opinions of us getting together um, should ever come into conflict about what me and you want as a relationship and as a future. Right. No, I totally agree. And I, I think you're absolutely right that um, the reaction that people have is to get defensive. The reaction they should have is to try to build that bridge to have a better relationship, which is not always going to be possible. It definitely takes two to tango. And if they're not willing to put in the effort... But like there were a lot of times, especially as we were getting into health and nutrition, where your dad thought the way that we were eating was absurd 
And so in those moments, it's like, okay, well, I can try to win this argument with your dad or I can just hear him out, make sure that he knows that like he's been heard. I may not agree, but he's been heard. And so that I think is such a powerful strategy to to at least not cultivate an antagonistic relationship. Like people are going to have their beliefs. They're going to think what they're going to think. But if they're not being cruel to you, like there's there's just no reason to build animosity. Like let people say what they have to say. Let them have their opinion. Don't try to convince them that you're right. Like you just, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be right. Your in-laws don't have to conform to your way of thinking. They don't have to like what you do or the way that you do it or the way that you think as long as you have the attitude you're talking about which is I'm not gonna let somebody influence how I think. Like people treat you the way that you let them treat you. So if I had you know, let the way that your dad thought of the relationship influence how I reacted in the relationship. And I remember thinking, oh my God, like I have to stand up to your dad because he's telling me he doesn't want me to propose. And like the last thing I said to him was, sir, I've heard you and I actually respect what you're saying, but I do want to tell you I have every intention of proposing to your daughter in the next three days. And I remember thinking like that was so hard for me, but I thought coming here and asking for his blessing, not getting it, And then one of two things, either proposing to you anyway and making him think that like, oh, I hear you, sir, I totally understand, and then going and proposing anyway, he's going to be like, well, not only do I not believe in this kid, he's a liar. And I thought, okay, that would be super gross. And then the other part is if I come, I ask for his blessing, I don't get it, and I still propose to you anyway. And then your first question is, did you ask my dad for his blessing? What did he say? And I say, basically, uh, he didn't like the idea and I just snuck out the back door. Then you're going to lose respect for me. Mm. So I've got, you know, like either of the silent scenarios ends badly. And so I thought, okay, I, in this moment, I remember thinking, oh my God, I have to tell him that I'm going to do it anyway. And I was really nervous about that. And I thought, but there's like no way around it. And because you know me, I like, I like people to be happy. I like to like um, be a bridge builder. And in that moment, I'm like, it's time to man up, homie. Like you just have to tell him, I hear you. I get it. You're coming in loud and clear, chief. But this is still happening. Mm. And in that moment, like, and this is partly why I, you know, don't have a bad relationship with your dad. It's not like he threw a tantrum and started throwing things at me. He was like, I think it's a mistake, but, you know, and that's your dad. He, I, I don't remember, but he probably didn't even finish the sentence. I was going to say, he didn't he finish the sentence. He was probably just yeah. like, I think it's a mistake, but, and yeah. then gave one of his faces, you yeah. know, like, do what you're going to do. Yeah. So. And the one thing I don't know how many people realize, you then worked your ass off in every aspect to show that you're invested in me and our relationship and my family and my culture right you took greek dancing lessons you so that you could dance greek dancing at the wedding you got christened because it was important to me to get married in a greek orthodox church so you sat with the bishop on a weekly basis for like six weeks um like reading books been and, longer than that but yeah yeah i'm not sure i think it was like a couple of times a week but anyway um you learned Greek. You got a Greek tutor. When we came to America, we would go to Greek restaurants every weekend so you could be around the culture. We would listen to Greek music. I mean, like, you went all in. Like, you weren't just like, I'm going to pretend like I really care about her family or her dad or her culture. I'm going to say it and then not really act on it. Like, right. you acted on it. So every step of the way, you showed um, 
And I don't know if it was to prove yourself or if it was like genuinely, I really want to do it and hey, here's the upside. But you really did, in essence, prove yourself to my dad and my family, how committed you were to where I came from, who I am fundamentally. Um, and yeah, you were always, like that was always incredible. People like, he learned Greek and... Well, it's interesting that you bring that up. So I'm surprised you don't know the answer, but here's the truth. In business, there were many times where I was exhausted, just emotionally spent, but more needed to be done. And I would think there's no way I'm gonna let him be right. Like I'm gonna show him that I can do this and I can provide for his daughter. So there were definitely times where his doubt was really powerful for me. But in terms of how, why I learned Greek and invested in the culture, and this, like anybody in a relationship, this is good advice. Fall in love with the things that your person loves, that your significant other is into. And if that's football, get into football, which I did. In this case, you know, football, football, not American football. Um, I fell in love with the game. If it's, you know, they have a cultural, like, um, unique point, the fact that you speak Greek. Like, I wanted to fall oh, in love. Oh, you went on, you went <laughs> You went on them marches with us, the Greek I marches. Did. You even chanted in Greek and I everything. did, I did. Yeah, so I have marched in the streets of London holding a sign saying Turkish troops out of Cyprus. <laughs> um, but the whole idea is to really fall in love with what that person is into so that you can internalize it and be excited and share that excitement because it's going to deepen your connection. Mm. And all of that stuff is possible. It's not like I grew up thinking, I want to learn Greek. Um, it was just, wow, what a cool way to bond that would be to really understand the language, to share the language, to have this special code language together, you know, mm. um, learning Greek music and Greek dancing and like all that stuff just brought us together. And it's for moments like, let's see if I can really capture this. Your dad comes to LA to visit. And when I have the Greek tutor, who also happens to be a singer, a uh, Greek singer, and he brings uh, his friend to the restaurant, unbeknownst to either of us, and your dad is there, his friend comes out with a guitar, and they start playing these bazooki. traditional Greek bazooki <clears throat> songs, and think of it like sort of folk songs for people who don't know what bazooki is, which would be basically everybody listening. Um, and I was moved to my core to see your dad singing and to get up and dance and to, to see him feel like wow, they really created this special moment for me here in America. And I think he could really tell that I take the culture seriously. And because I took your culture seriously, I could feel that moment. And mm. that moment for me, even just for me, was like beautiful to know the songs and to be able to sing. And like, it was really, really special. Mm. But when it's always like, oh, that's her thing. I'm not involved in that. That's how you get us and the other. Right, so there's my family and then there's the other. And this is like, you wanna talk about really getting your in-laws on board, get on board with their stuff. It's like, you wanna be interesting, be interested, right? So be interested in my father-in-law, be interested in your culture, but really sincerely. And that was the same thing with the bishop, which I think we've told that story here before, but at our wedding, the bishop uh, stood up and said, I never do weddings anymore, but I had to do this one and I had to do this one because Tom is the single best candidate for being baptized that I've ever had. And because I took it seriously and in really investing and really taking it seriously and opening yourself up to it and like really letting it fill you, it's like all of a sudden there's like a real legit connection. 
And that's just so powerful for you and your significant other. Like I can really emotionally feel these cultural moments with、mm. you. And you never said like. Almost, you were never annoyed with me about something someone in my family did, and vice versa. And like, I I feel that people do that a lot, and I don't think they mean to. But like, they become a representative of you. Correct. So、um, you were never saying you were never annoyed with me with something that my dad did or said to you. Right.、Um, same with your mom. Like, I was never annoyed at you. So how do you or how do we approach that? I guess that was one thing that I even remember at the time. It's like we have to be. Del- like I had to be delicate on how to tell you certain things upset me because a it's your mum you freaking love her right same with me it's my dad so you've got to be very respectful of what that person means to your other half so a knowing and being very respectful of that b being very vun like be vulnerable right it's like look maybe she didn't mean to or maybe he didn't mean to but they said this thing to me and it actually really upset me、um, because I would want to talk to you and I actually did talk to you about certain things and you with me. About being honest about how we feel about、um, what that person said to you, right? Like,、um, you know, it makes me feel like I'm not wanted, or that maybe you know I'm not the right person for you. And then when you can talk through it, instead of saying your mum did this and your dad did this, and then again going back to what I said earlier, you end up putting a def- your walls as defence mechanism, right? And then you end up defending your mum or your dad, and now you two are arguing. About something that actually you guys should be bonding over, uniting over, figuring it out together, being a team, figuring out how do we get mum or dad on board, or maybe what if they don't get on board? How are we going to act together? I need to feel your support, right? That's another thing. Let your partner know what you need from them and how to handle that situation. It's like, look, I need your support here.、Um, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. So if they say something in front of you next time and it seems offensive, like maybe just put your hand on my leg so I know that you're with me on it emotionally. Like little things like that. When we got, I think that nitty gritty about like how to handle specific、mm. things in certain situations. If I got upset over something,、um, let's say your mum had made. I can't actually think of a situation now, but let's say she had made a comment.、Um, About something and like yeah, for me it's touch, right? It's I just put your hand on my leg. Let me know that you understand how I'm feeling right now. You don't have to say anything. I don't want you to say anything back to your mom. Like and that's another thing. Like not getting involved. I didn't get involved with you and my dad. And your like relationship, and、right. you didn't with me and your mom. It's like you've got to figure it out. Invert, you know. So with your mom, I remember thinking,、um, she just wants to be around you, right? You're like the you know the apple of her eye or whatever the phrase is, and so she feels now let more disconnected to you now that we're married together. So how do I change that? What are the things I can do? And before we started Quest, I said to her, Bonnie, me and you need to bond.、Mm. Um, your son, he's so freaking busy. He doesn't even have time for me.、Um, but how do we make sure that me and you are connected? And so we would do date night, and I would call your mom. I think it was like every Monday at six p.m. And it was when she would leave work at that time, so that we could always talk. And I realized that it wasn't that she just wanted you. She just wanted to feel connected and valued and appreciated as much as she did before I came along. And so I can deliver that to her, right? And so. Understanding where they're coming from, seeing it from their perspective, being empathetic, and then trying to, you know, give them what they want. And I think that that's what you did a lot when we went to England. You just 
were involved in the things that my dad enjoyed, right? My dad wanted to go to watch a soccer game. You went along with him, even though you hated the cold and at the time you weren't necessarily a soccer fan. My dad was doing a barbecue, so you would you hate cooking, but you went outside and you asked if he needed help with the barbecue. Um, things like that are really important, especially from the other half's perspective. So me seeing you do that, knowing that you hate the cold, knowing that you don't like cooking, but I didn't even ask you to, you just did it, mm. made me feel respected, made me feel loved, made me feel like you really wanted to make it work. And it also made me realize how, that you see how much my family means to me. Mm. And I then felt heard f- by that. Totally, totally. All right, guys. Unfortunately, we are out of time today. But thank you guys so much for joining us. And you can follow us individually at at Lisa Bilyeu and at Tom Bilyeu. Lisa's only on Instagram. I try to be pretty much everywhere. Um, And if you haven't already, one thing that would be huge for us is to subscribe to the podcast. And if this is adding value to rate and review, that would be amazing. That helps us reach more people. We would really, really appreciate that. And I have just released a podcast, Women of Impact. And if um, you're not on that, I will speak uh, on your behalf on that one. Do. If you're not on that, check it out. This woman is extraordinary at interviewing. That's no bullshit. That's me saying it, knowing that you're going to go listen. And if I'm, you know, BSing, then they're just going to bail. It's really, really great. And I think you're smashing it. And, and, boys, if you're listening to this, I'm telling you, when I was a kid, I used to read Cosmo magazine all the time. So I wanted to know how women think. Listen to Women of Impact. You get some crazy insights in the way that women think. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's a great show. Thank you. And last but not least. I literally have no idea where you're going. IT Comics. We just released the trailer. Yeah, but I'm not sure when this comes out. So Friday. Oh, okay, cool. Yay! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, join us in New York. If you're into storytelling, join us in New York, October 4 through 7. We're going to be there in person. Lisa will be there as well. So come say what's up, read the comic, meet the team. A ton of the team is going to be there. Steve Aoki is going to be there who's involved with the book. It would be amazing to see you guys there. So you've, I'm so freaking, I'm so proud of you, babe. Thank you, baby. Like next level freaking, I'm more proud of you on this than I think anything. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Even, yeah, I'm like, as I'm saying it, my eyes are like darting across, like even more than Quest, even more than Impact Theory, the show. Because this was so out of your, like, I'm going to put out a comic. We didn't have crew, we didn't have staff, you'd never put a comic together. Like, this was all you. You woke up every morning freaking reading um, the industry. I mean, you spent months listening to books podcast figuring out what the the comic industry is and looks like and then you freaking put a team together and then you made the deal with steve aoki and anyway yes wow freaking blown away next level babe we're gonna freaking crush this wait to see what i have next i know all right guys thank you so much for joining us if you haven't already be sure to subscribe and until next time my friends be legendary legendary. bye everybody thank you so much for listening and if this content is delivering value to you please go to itunes go to stitcher rate and review us that helps us build this community and that is what we are all about right now building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible and you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that all right guys thank you again so much and until next time my friends be legendary take care